The Holy Gospel for this first Sunday in Advent comes from Luke chapter 1. Because we have a lot of kids in worship today, since it's a holiday, kids, this is a great story to draw a picture of. So listen to the story and the names of the people and see if you can draw a picture of it during the sermon. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and both were getting on in years. Once when Zechariah was serving as priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. Then there appeared to Zechariah an angel of the Lord, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the, disobe and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know that this is so? For I am an old man, and my wife is getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak, until the day these things occur. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered at his delay in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he could not speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. When his time of service was ended, enter, ended he went to his home. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, This is what the Lord has done for me. When he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Oh, <clears throat> Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Creator and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. How long is too long before you give up? How old is too old before you decide that the thing you have held on to all these years, your hope, your dream, is just too far in the past? Where is the line between hopeful and foolish? And how do you know which side of the line you're on? Maybe this is the kind of thing Zechariah wondered day after day while he went about his work in the temple. He was, after all, as he would one day tell an angel, an old man. And his wife, 
as he would try to say a bit more carefully and cautiously, just in case, was getting on in years. There is is a familiar story, as far as the Bible is concerned. Infertility is one of the original struggles of biblical families. But the fact that your heartache is a common one doesn't lessen the pain. Elizabeth and Zechariah had a dream. They would be a certain kind of family, and they are not. So where is the line between hopeful and foolish? And how do they know which side of it they're on? Well, as many of us know, while you're waiting for the big thing, the grand dream, your life to start, daily life marches on. And so Zechariah has lived a life, a whole life of duty and responsibility, of doing what was required of him. And whether he did it because it brought him great joy or he did it because it helped him know how to put one foot in front of the other, we're not sure. Everything went along as it had and seemed to be going on like that forever until one day, as you know, an ordinary day turned quite extraordinary. A routine, a thing he did pretty regularly in the sanctuary, turned into a divine encounter. And when Zechariah is not sure how to understand what happened to him and confesses the doubt, could I please have a little more proof of what you're talking about? You hardly blame him. Wouldn't most of us have said the same thing? But he goes home, now unable to speak for the next nine months. The sound of silence. Silence plays an interesting part in this story. Until this conversation with the angel, with Gabriel, Zechariah has done all the speaking. It's part of his job. He's the priest. He's the one with the words. He knows the prayers, the rituals. He knows what to say. And now he can't. Now he's silent. It would be easy to think of his silence as a punishment, a consequence for his doubt in the promise of the angel. Not unlike the way your mom told you to go in a corner and think about what you've done, which was usually something like hitting your sibling or lying about eating the last cookie in the cookie jar. Silence does give you space to think, space to consider the mistakes of your past. Silence forces you to stop all the explaining, the justifying, the rationalizing. Well, here's why I did it. Here's why I wasn't wrong. If you just listened to me, I could tell you. There's nothing left to do but listen. Is that a punishment, though? Or is it a gift? Think of all the years Zechariah must have tried to find the right words tried to explain to Elizabeth or himself, maybe to friends and neighbors, why there was no child. All the prayers they had that went unanswered. The midnight pleas to a God who seemed not to be listening. The words of congratulations to yet another friend who was expecting a baby. Sometimes there's nothing left to say. Maybe it's a relief to stop trying. 
Most of us have found ourselves at some point, and if we haven't yet, we will, at some point where we too are left silent. Maybe not for exactly the same reason as Zechariah. But still, you've probably found yourself in a moment where you just didn't have any words or explanations or even a prayer. Trying to comfort a friend whose loss is so great you have nothing of meaning to offer. Trying to respond to a doctor who has just told you a diagnosis you never anticipated. Trying to talk to a coworker who's asking you what you're going to do next while you pack up all your stuff in a box and walk out the door having no idea what you will do. Or sitting in a room where a voice that used to talk isn't there anymore. Silence. Sometimes there just aren't words. And that can be a very painful experience. But it is something we will all know, a moment we will all live through, whether by choice or not. Zechariah's silence was given to him, but sometimes it feels like silence has been given to us too. Silence is woven into the season of Advent. Now that might not be immediately obvious today, as our worship service is full of words and song and even visual beauty in the space. But silence is woven into those things too. There's no music without the rests. There's no art without space. And there's no advent without silence. Advent gives us room to stop, to acknowledge that the world is not the way it should be. And sometimes we don't know what to say about that. Advent gives us a place to name how often the world is a chasm between the way things are and the way we know God wants them to be. But silence does have another side. It's not a punishment. Because what might have seemed like a burden for Zechariah, trying frantically to explain himself with only his hands, has another effect. And that is that somebody else now has a chance to talk. For the rest of this chapter, the rest of Luke's chapter 1, as Luke is trying to get us ready for the birth of Jesus, the people who will speak the rest of this chapter are not the ones you expect, not the priest, not the professionals, not the men. It's only the women and an angel who will say anything now. Because Zechariah can't speak, Elizabeth can, and she does. Because the person who usually did most of the talking has nothing, literally no thing to say, there's room for someone else whose voice isn't always heard. Woven into this complex, enforced silence for Zechariah is a gift for Elizabeth. And maybe a gift for him too. Time to hear her. Time to listen. Listen. 
that's part of the invitation of Advent too. To listen to voices we usually ignore. Seek out perspectives we often miss. To sit in the silence. Especially those of us who are used to doing all the talking. Maybe this is just a sermon for me. I don't know. But those of us who are used to doing all the talking, for us to be quiet long enough to let somebody else speak. That can be hard to do. We find ourselves trying to justify, respond, say, well, no, 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 let me just let me explain. But like Zechariah's silence, ours too might carry a gift with it. Maybe we'll get to hear something that we would have drowned out otherwise. Maybe we'll learn to wait long enough for something new to be born. Or maybe in the silence, a voice we have long ignored will say just the thing we needed to hear at just the right time. Writer Jan Richardson, whom I've quoted many times before, wrote in one of her blessings, To all that is chaotic in you, let there come silence. Let there be a calming, a stilling of the voices that have laid their claim on you, made their home in you, that go with you even to the holy places but will not let you rest, will not let you hear your life with wholeness or feel the grace that fashioned you. Let what distracts you cease. Let what divides you cease. Let there be an opening into the quiet that lies beneath the chaos, where you find the peace you did not think possible and see what shimmers within the storm. This Advent, let there be silence the sound and the gift of it. Enough for us to hear, enough for someone else to speak. May it calm and still us long enough to hear the voice that still echoes, that claims us as beloved, as children of the God of darkness and light, of silence and speech, of justice and hope. And may we learn in these days to listen. Amen.